We are back. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to BD4, episode 564 of the show. Yes, I am finally back after my, uh, say, three-week hiatus. Um, As I let you know before we left, I was out of the country for two and a half weeks. I... Uh, my family and I took a trip to Italy. We went to uh, Sicily, and now we're back home. And um, wow, I feel like I missed so much, which I did. Um, we haven't talked Yankees in forever. We skipped the last three series while we were away. We said we, I, I said I tried to to get some in, but I didn't. I I didn't even watch the games over there. Like I first time I've missed as many games as I have. Um, we'll have something with the Yankees out in a little bit. Hopefully this month. If not, we'll do some kind of off-season episode in November. But the plan is to still get some stuff out while things are still fresh here in October. You know, report cards, hand them out, talk about the... Uh, who led the team in cap tips. And, you know, what's to come? Things like that we'll touch on with the Yankees. But in this episode, we're going to talk about the Knicks. Um, yeah, the Knicks played last night when I got home. I was so tired that I didn't really stay up for the, the majority of the game. Um, but I saw enough. I watched highlights. I watched condensed recaps, and um, I'm going to give my brief thoughts on last night's preseason opener where the Knicks defeated the G League Celtics. So, we'll get to it. Let's get to that as soon as we get into it. Uh, That made no sense. Let's just get to our intro and we'll get this thing started, shall we? Let's go. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4 where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down and the game is tied! Time! Penetrates, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! All right. Well, welcome back to the show. Thank you for returning to BD4 and sticking with me all this time. Um... Glad to have you back. So we're getting right into it, talking some New York Knicks. They played a game last night. They opened up their preseason with a 114-107 victory over the Boston Celtics at Madison Square Garden. Uh, so, yes, the first game of the year um, at Madison Square Garden in front of 20,000 New Yorkers. And the Knicks picked up a 114-107 win. Um, yeah, Boston didn't play anybody um a rare back-to-back in a preseason I didn't know they had those I think this is the first time we're seeing that 
So they didn't play anyone. Um, they were without Tatum. They were without Brown. Holiday and Porzingis did not play. Horford, uh, I think Derek White sat. And the Knicks, you know, they were without Josh Hart, uh, Ryan Arcidiacono. Um, so no Nova Knicks yet, but they also limited their regulars to restrictions like less than 20 minutes from RJ and Randall and Brunson was only in single digit minutes. And it was still the usual starting five for the Knicks. Brunson, Grimes, Barrett, Randall, Mitchell Robinson. Um, but yeah, in this episode, we're just going to get, you know, run over some quick hitters, um, storylines to follow, you know, Grimes' usage in the offense. Um, that's going to be a story early on. DiVincenzo in the wing rotation, the power forward rotation quickly has obviously been a hot topic uh, with the extension and, and some more things we'll touch on in this episode. Um, but in this win, uh, it started out very well for the Knicks. Uh, Jalen Brunson was hot early. He was in double figures within the first half of the first quarter. Um, he had a nice finish on Grant Williams when he took him in ISO, finished left. Um, other starters were also contributing early on. Mitchell Robinson, some buckets. RJ Randall started contributing. Um, and the Knicks went up pretty big early on. Uh, then Tibbs went fancy with his uh, first quarter bench unit. He had Jericho Sims and Mitchell Robinson man the four and five. And then he went Evan Fournier um, for some first quarter minutes also. Uh, as you'd expect with a lineup like that, it yielded some pretty unimpressive results. Um, but in the second half, the Knicks pulled away. They went away from most of their regulars, um, but they got good performances from quickly with 14 points in the third quarter. Mitchell Robinson had that third quarter uh block on the perimeter, then he threw down a slam dunk in transition. DiVincenzo had a couple three-pointers there during a late third quarter run. Fournier chipping in during that too. Uh, the Celtics made it close the entire way. They had their run, but the Knicks eventually prevailed behind some good defense and attacking the paint late in the game to secure the 114-107 win. Um, a lot of the Knicks regulars were outplayed by Boston G-leaguers last night, but I'm not putting too much into that. Um, one Nick who wasn't outplayed by anybody was Emmanuel Quickly, who led the way with 21 points um, on 8 of 14 shooting. Um, looks like he put a little bit of muscle on in the offseason. It looks like he did. Um, Mitchell Robinson looks like he continues to, to bulk up each year, but looks like Quickly put on some some muscle. Uh, and, and, you know, for good reason, I mean, the, the kid's playing with a purpose right now. You know, he went out there and he dropped 21 points. Sure, it's an exhibition, but the way he's looking at it, he wants that extension money before tip-off later this month. Um, so he's going to do everything he can. Um, he's he's He looked good last night. He was doing his usual style of scoring, you know, the three-point ball. He was in the lanes with a floater. Uh, he was finishing through contact and drawing fouls. He helped the Knicks keep up with uh, Boston's Peyton Pritchard, who had 21 points himself. He was tough to stop. Uh, there's always that one Nick killer from each team. Peyton Pritchard seems to be the one with Boston. Um, 
But I like the efficiency last night from Emmanuel quickly. It's something I'll be keeping an eye on this year because, as we know, one of IQ's biggest knocks has always been his inefficiency and his volume shooting. The first two seasons, he shot 39% combined. Um, but last year, he stepped that up to 45%. Um, last night, we saw a more positive progression there, 8 of 14. He made good reads, quick decisions. He picked his spots pretty well. and So I, I want to see how that part of his game improves as he continues to take smarter shots. Um Another thing that quickly is always improving in is is impacting the game in many different areas. Whether his shot is hot or cold, he still finds ways to contribute elsewhere. And last postseason, we actually saw that when his shot was not there. Pretty much the entire postseason, Cleveland, Miami, those two rounds quickly didn't have consistency with his jumper. Um, but we still saw him contribute defensively. We still saw him making good plays offensively. Um, And last night, sure, he scored 21 points, but we saw him contribute in other areas. He was distributing the ball, three assists. He had three steals. He was playing good defense. Um, And I like the way he was playing with DiVincenzo, too. Um, One of those three-pointers that DiVincenzo knocked down in the third quarter came off of a quickly dime on the right side wing, so... I want to see how they look together. Um, so we'll see with him, man, w- w- with quickly. Uh, we'll see if if the extension happens. It's been the big talk. He could either be extended or he could be traded this year. It's either option is very likely in my book. Um, I might even lean towards I think that he's going to get moved because just the way things are shaping up, it's getting late. And we know about the new CBA rules where – Basically, it's just very, very incredibly difficult to trade players that are on an extension now. Hart was extended. You bring in a guy like DiVincenzo, who's another guard after losing a power forward in Obi Toppin. It just seems like they're making quickly expendable um, if they have to do something in a bigger deal. Hopefully, if they trade him, it's for a superstar player and not picks. That would really piss everybody including myself off but maybe they extend him maybe there's an off chance that it actually happens and I would not be disappointed um the big three last night Brunson RJ Randall formerly called the mid three I think they deserved it last year to where they can now be called the big three uh maybe the big two and a half if RJ continues to you know be the um enigma that he is but they played well. All three of them played well last night. 33 total points between the three of them in 33 minutes. They shot 53% together. Um, each of them looked like their normal selves. Uh, Brunson looked great. 10 points, 4 for 5 shooting in 6 minutes. Um, he was getting into the lanes. He had some tough makes. Flashed the three-point ball. He found Mitchell Robinson for a lob. That's something we did not see a lot last year. Um, We know Mitch has complained about his role in the offense plenty of times before. Is it in Tibbs' plans to get him involved more? Is this something to keep an eye on? We'll see. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the first game in the first quarter, I believe it was the first quarter where he threw the lob to Mitchell Robinson and kind of caught my attention because he did not do that a lot last year. Um, But not much else to really evaluate from Brunson's game. Just six minutes. 
Obviously, he's coming off the FIBA tournament. Um, RJ Barrett was fine. 12 points in 15 minutes. He was only one for six. Can't have that again this year. We we have to have some semblance semblance of, of consistency from the field. Uh, but he looked exceptionally well generating contact and getting to the line. That's something I think is going to only continue to improve with him. Um, he got there nine times last night and converted 100% of them. Maybe playing with SGA on the Canadian national team helped him. Um, maybe that's like labor playing with Miggy on the Venezuela team and the WBC. Um, but RJ Barrett has always been able to get to the line. Um, and it's just about the decision-making, right? We saw some good decision-making from him last night. Usually you get a lot of the time you get the tunnel vision, right? On his drives where he's just straight to the rim. He's ignoring open shooters. He's forcing through multiple defenders at the basket, forcing up that floater in traffic or sometimes turning it over. But we saw reminiscences of playoff RJ last night where he was making good reads at the rim and he had a plan on his drives. Instead of just reacting, he went up with the purpose. Um, early first quarter, RJ drives left, but he finds Brunson weak side. He kicks it to Brunson and Brunson not Brunson knocks down a three. Um, if you watch some of the fouls that RJ Barrett drew last night, it was him going up with, again, a purpose in the lane. Um, so he still has to be careful because when the defense starts predicting that, that's when they can avoid those fouls. And RJ, that's how he gets into trouble. Um, but last night, hopefully an encouraging sign for RJ, building off not only his postseason efforts, but his excellent FIBA performance this past summer as well. Um, and then, yeah, Julius Randle, new haircut for Julius, back with the haircut that he came to the Knicks with, I believe. Um, also a new pair of Skechers. Um, I I can't laugh because I was just wore, I just wore Skechers the entire two and a half weeks I was in Italy. <laughs> but interesting choice for an NBA player. You never think they're, you know, big names wear Skechers, but... That's pretty funny. Um, Randall, 11 points, four rebounds, 12 minutes last night. The ankle looked healthy, and that's all I really want to see right now. I just want him to, to look healthy and build up that ankle for the regular season. Um, he had a very nice ISO spin move out of the post where he looked very quick and under good control with it, so it looked like he was moving well, and he was making some quick decisions. Um he was getting the ball to his guards. Brunson and RJ received some passes from him. And I'm going to repeat this for the 27,928th time. Um, if the Knicks, if, if, if they can get him playing off the ball more, that'd be tremendous. It'd be significant. Um, obviously, don't hold your breath, but maybe with the full year of Josh Hart, now DiVincenzo is here. You know, maybe we see a wrinkle in the in, in the offense, and Randall has you know, he can do less. Um, but it, you know, it's just like every time I watch Randall have an efficient game off of the ball, I can't help but to imagine a fantasy world where he plays like that all the time. Um, you know, maybe it's just because he was taking it easy on the ankle in his first game back. Probably wanted to limit the workload. You know, he talked this offseason on Paul George's podcast about how he spent a ton of time this past summer watching film. 
because he was recovering from the ankle. And, you know, he was just saying, emphasizing how he wants to put focus on being more efficient this year. So hopefully, hopefully we can see Randall play a lesser lesser role on the ball and he can let his teammates handle it more. His guards and wings, you know, because those are the guys who are supposed to handle the ball. Uh, but we'll see. Um, speaking of guys and their involvement in the offense, um, tell you what, man, playoff baseball, you can never tell. If you saw that Atlanta-Philly game last night, that was insane. No one thought that was going to happen, the turnaround there. And now this Houston-Minnesota game, it's 5-0 Houston. I was just texting my buddy saying it's not over. He's telling me Houston's going to lock this up. Minnesota's got bases loaded one out now. Playoff baseball is nuts. You can't ever count anybody out. Um, anyway, speaking of guys, speaking of players being involved in the offense more, Grimes, I want to talk a little bit about him because there was some nice ball movement last night for the Knicks. They had, you know, hopefully Thibodeau tries to do that a little more this year. Last year he put more of an emphasis on picking up the pace. Hopefully this year he can do the same and also focus on ball movement in the half court. 24 assists last night for the Knicks on 38 makes. Not the worst, 63%. Um, so, yeah, if I'm looking up every here and there, it's because I'm watching Houston-Minnesota ALDS game two or three. Um, you know, last night, Randall moved it some, quickly had three assists. Even Grimes had three assists. But I was still a little upset that we didn't see Quentin Grimes get featured like we want um, because that's been a talking point for a while, but also lately, um, you know, because we, we saw that recently Quentin Grimes has worked with JJ Redick in the gym on some things. And, you know, if we can get Grimes having that JJ Redick role more where he's featured more in motion offense, I feel like we could unlock much more, get him coming off screens pin downs, L cuts, V cuts, you know, flashing the middle and just activate him by running him through pick and roll, get him shooting off movement. I, I just, I felt like that wasn't an emphasis last year. And I just didn't feel like it was any different with the way the Knicks used him last night either. Um, obviously there's, there's more to go. This is preseason game one. So we'll, we'll see, but Grimes is very important because he brings aspects that the rest of these Knicks lack. Uh, he brings in movement and spacing, right? He's always active off the ball, and he's also a 38% shooter already. Um, he's like Evan Fournier, but instead of horrendous defense, brings elite defense. So Quentin Grimes, I think, is quintessential. Is that the right word for this Nick offense to really add some more dimensions because it's although it was a good offense last year it's a very one-dimensional offense which you worry about one-dimensional offense is sustainability and you saw what happened in the postseason with a, a good but one-dimensional offense with the Knicks it was shut down so I think Rhymes could help them a lot um Fournier actually saw some action last night speaking of three-point shooting um he checked in before Deuce McBride he got 21 minutes Dropped 11 points, uh, knocked down three triples. I I don't think we're getting this in the regular season. <clears throat> I 
I think Tibbs' mantra is always going to remain the same. It's, you know, play defense or don't play at all. Sorry, had to mute the mic for a second. <clears throat> um, how often have we seen what we saw last night with Evan Fournier? You know, he'll put up some nice numbers, but the Knicks were up nine points when Fournier checked in late first quarter. He checks out of the game mid-second quarter, and they're down two points. It's a consistent thing with him. Like, I don't... I don't know, man. I think you really need to show more urgency in finding a trade partner at this point. I know Tibbs doesn't run past nine, but it's still a waste of a roster spot to just have him here and not use him at all. That's... It's a depth piece that could be going to a power forward, right? That's a critical position right now for the Knicks. Like, this... There's still part of me who wants to see what he can do given a consistent, I don't know, 12 to 15 minute role. <laughs> like, I know that's impossible now with, with the logjam of small guards on this team. You don't want to add fuel to the fire. But, one second. But, like I said with Grimes, the Knicks desperately desperately need spacing, movement, shooting, and Evan Fournier does bring that dynamic. This was a guy who averaged 15 to 19 points consistently, year to year, before coming to the Knicks and seeing his minutes decrease. So, it's just kind of unfortunate that it's gotten to the point that it's gotten to, where it's just not very realistic. So that was that. Um, we also saw more of the uh, God, the dreaded double big lineup last night. That tandem between Jericho and Mitch. They shared more minutes together at the 4-5. and five and It's preseason, okay? Uh, Josh Hart also didn't play, so note that. But, you know, we've seen this before, so it does still concern me because it's just so gross and yuck. Um, I mean, just watching it last night... Those two guys were out there with quickly running offense, and it was just impossible for quickly to create offense in the half court with that lineup out there. They, they try using Sims further from the basket as a screener in DHO since he can't space, but it just it kills everything that the guards and wings are trying to do out there on the perimeter. They can't move that way. It brings up traps, and it just shrinks the floor. I, I, I don't know how this is going to work, it's, it's 2023, and the Knicks' big man rotation consists of Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein, and Jericho Sims. I like all three of them. Hartenstein is the only relative spacer of the three, but relative is the key word here. He spaces the offense from his passing in the high post. You know, it, it's, it's once every eight games or so, Hartenstein will attempt a three-pointer. But... Those three guys aren't going to space the floor much. It just it makes life much more difficult because you can't play certain bigs together. You can't play certain guys together. Hartenstein has to be the only one who's always paired with the other for any semblance of effectiveness. You know, the Knicks are an ISO team. 
That's the one way they get their buckets. They go ISO. Their two best scorers get baskets from 15 feet and in constantly. So you can try bringing your big up all you want, but if it's Sims or Mitchell Robinson, all the defense has to do is play drop, and there goes your paint. The DiVincenzo signing will help with spacing, but it's it's DiVincenzo. You need spacing. This is why I think it's so incredibly important for the Knicks to have a stretch five. Like, Mitch is great. Don't get me wrong. I like him. But he's also elite at everything he does well and awful at everything he doesn't do well at. Shot blocking, paint protection, rim running, offensive rebound. He's your guy. But he has zero offensive arsenal. He can't shoot a jumper. He can't sink a free throw. He has zero post game. That hurts the offense. Embiid would be perfect, by the way. You know, pray and beg Knicks fans that that situation only gets worse with Harden, uh, Daryl Morey, Embiid. Like, we, we, we struck out on Giannis, um, but with the whole Lillard thing. But Embiid would be perfect. You get your superstar and you get your stretch big who could even step out to the three-point line at times. You know, we know he's a mid-range machine, but he's got a three-point shot. He would make a universe of a difference. But I'm not even saying that you need to get Embiid. Like, I'm saying even just the backup stretch five. Something to change it up. It would boost the offense. If someone wants to take a flyer on Hartenstein as a rental this year, go for it. If someone if they like what they see in Jericho Sims as a backup big, go for it. Because I think he's one of the better backup bigs in the game already. I really think the Knicks, when we talk about needing to modernize this offense all the time, they have to look at center. Get some spacing in the middle to open things up for this, this dinosaur offense. Let's be honest, that's how they operate, like a 90s offense. It's 2023. So... A lot of this might not be as big of an issue as it is if Tibbs just expanded the rotation a little bit, but we know he doesn't do that. Um, Will we see some of that early on? I don't know. I think at most, maybe he does what he did last year, where he starts the season with what I like to call a 9.5, maybe even a 10, Uh, and then things, if they're not looking good in November, December, He cuts it back down like he did last year in December. Um, you know, I think it was uh, Evan Fournier who got the boot last year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, of course there are going to be injuries too. You know, there always is. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is one who's bound to go down. It's It's once a year where he does. He comes back eventually, but he's going to be going down. Um, you know, Sims played a nice role last year when that happened. Uh, Deuce McBride could probably have a similar role. He'll probably get some burn if one of the guards go down. Uh, but as of now, fully healthy, on paper, there is a clunkiness to the roster, and that needs to be said. Uh, you know, the guard rotation will remain an interesting storyline. Uh, Tibbs, uh, I'm sure he's going to receive criticism when the Knicks lose because of that, and you know, there's always going to be talk about somebody's 
minutes not being high in a loss because they have that many guards. Somebody's going to get cut on a on a given night. Um, so that'll be under the spotlight if they lose. Uh, unfair. Sometimes may be fair. But that's how it works as a head coach. you got to take that responsibility. Um, and the power forward rotation. That's more on the front office. Um, it's going to be an interesting topic. You know, they are relying on Randall to stay healthy after having two ankle injuries at the end of last season. Um, they are very, very short there at power forward. They're, you know, the way Thibodeau does things, it's, you're probably going to see more double bigs. Um, you're probably still going to see Josh Hart run some four, maybe even on occasion R.J. Barrett run some backup four, but... Bottom line there, they need Julius to stay healthy because if he goes down with another significant injury, it's going to be a disaster. Um, That's why you could make the argument that he's more important to this team than Jalen Brunson is because the Knicks at least have guard depth. They have Emmanuel quickly at point guard backing up one Jalen Brunson. They don't have power forward depth anymore with Toppin gone and... Randall now the lone power forward on the roster. So that's it. The first preseason game is in the books, and uh, I don't want to dive too deep. We'll, we'll cut this one short at 30, 35 minutes. So um, we'll hit the break, and when we get back, we'll wrap this thing up with the trivia question, and that'll be that. Stay with us here on BD4. We'll be right back in a few minutes. We appreciate you sticking around and listening so far. When you have a chance, Be sure to open YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you're already watching on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate your feedback and are always looking to improve. Now, with that all said, let's get you back to the show. You can also find us on social media. If you'd like, you can follow BD4 on Facebook, and we're at BD4Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate you helping us grow more and more every day. Let's get back to it. If you have time in the day or maybe just prefer old-fashioned reading over listening, then you can always follow along and subscribe to BD4Blog by going to bd4blog.com. We're not on there as often. But when we do post, it's just as entertaining, opinionated, and passionate as we are on this podcast. Thank you so much. And let's keep on with the show. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. And welcome back to the show. Welcome back to episode 564 of the podcast. I am your host, RJ Carbone. Thank you for tuning into the pod. Um, so with this at, uh, with that all said uh, in this show, 
We are going to wrap up with our trivia question in a few seconds. Uh, I just want to thank you for coming back to the show and joining us again. I appreciate your support as always. Uh, you are listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Um, we also do MMA, Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Um, we will miss some games here and there, obviously, but for the majority of the time, I would say 80% of the time or more, we will be here for you. Um, so, I appreciate it all. If you want to follow me, subscribe to the podcast. You can do it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. The video format is on YouTube. Um, you can follow me on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that's all in the description. You can follow and subscribe to my blog, bd4blog.com, which I occasionally will hop on there and write up something. I'll probably going to be on there soon. You know, it's been a while. Um, but yes, bd4blog.com, that has everything. Uh, it's got the blog itself, and it's got the links to the many podcast platforms and my social media platforms as well. So you can go to bd4blog.com to find all of that. So with that all said, let's wrap this episode up with our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day. Our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day. Let's get to it. All right, so for this episode, episode 564 of the podcast, our trivia question is, which big man who played for the Knicks from 2015 to 2018 is currently top 10 in franchise history for blocks? Which big man who played for the Knicks from 2015 to 2018 is currently top 10 in franchise history for blocks? All right, so let me know the answer wherever you can reach me one final time. Which big man who played for the Knicks from 2015 to 2018 is currently top 10 in franchise history for blocks? It's a fun one. <laughs> you, I, I, It was a player that I liked uh, at the time. So with that all said, I appreciate you stopping by. And that's it for this episode. Episode 564 is in the books one final time. You are listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series. Excuse me. Knicks every game. MMA on occasion. And I'm your host, RJ Carbone. And we're wrapping this one up. Thank you for coming back. It's nice to be back here in the podcast, in the studio, recording. And um, see you when I see you. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Hey there! If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you. And we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees! And go Knicks.